Yeah. Hi. I like interactions, this is good. Um, it's uh, yeah, really fun to be able to come and speak with you again. I spoke, I don't know, I think it was maybe March time. Um, and I recognise a, a lot more faces I think this time than I did then. But yeah, my name's Karen. I've been in London about nine months now and I've been in Val Vineyard for about six or seven. So again, if I've not met you, I'd love to say hi at some point. Um, and yeah, today I'm, I'm going to speak to you about prayer, and I'm just going to share a bit of my story and like my thinkings and thoughts around prayer, um, and then I thought we could actually pray together as well. So I want to start by reading some, some prayers from children. Um, so, dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I really prayed for was a puppy. <laughs> dear God, I think the state fair is one of your greatest inventions. <laughs> And one more. Dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to look like that, or was it just an accident? <laughs> so just some, some fun examples of prayer. And I don't know what your experience is of prayer. And um, For me, I, I grew up in, in church knowing about God, and I was always taught um, your prayers should be thank you, sorry, and please. And so growing up, my prayers rarely differed from a similar pattern every day of like saying, saying thank you to God for the day, sorry for all the things I've done wrong, and, um, and please, as I prayed for my family and five specific chosen friends, because I was always told you're supposed to be praying for five people <laughs> at any one time. Um, so I, I stuck to this structure, and to be honest, my prayers rarely differed from that, unless I was on a ski slope. And I don't know if you can imagine five-year-old Karen tearing down the slopes, not really being able to stop, and I had a, had a great fear of the, I don't know if anyone's been skiing, you go on like a toe that like pulls you up, and, and I used to be terrified of falling off the toe, and like there's someone coming up behind you, and you know, it could all go wrong as you get run over, so at that time my prayers became very real, as I was praying that God would, would help keep me on the toe and I wouldn't fall off. So yeah, basically we had these, these, the, the similar prayers every day and then a few sporadic panic prayers. You know, the world talks about prayer. Um, we even have the praying emoji that, that people send. Um, we have school prayers. Some schools say prayers, some um, even universities say prayers. And in times of crisis, people often turn to prayer. Um, my dad, was a, a palliative care doctor, so sort of end of life care, and he used to say, in hard times, people would often turn to prayer. Um, and as a doctor, you're really, you know, allowed to pray for, for your patients, but actually, because of the, the nature of his job, he was able to, um, because it was sort of people, people asking him to pray. And in church, we talk about prayer, you know, we might say, let us pray, we have the Lord's Prayer, this example of prayer, and and as Christians, often, you know, if our friend's having a hard time, we might say, you know, I'll pray for you, um, or we'll pray for things for ourselves. But what does, what does that even mean? What even is prayer? The Bible expects us to pray. So um, in Matthew, it says, and when you pray. It doesn't even say if you pray. It says when you pray. In Ephesians, it tells us to, to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And in Thessalonians, we're told to pray continually. So prayer is something that's repeated throughout the Bible. And then in the Bible, Jesus was teaching his disciples about prayer. And he gave an example of prayer that I'm just going to read now. 
that's the we we call it the Lord's Prayer, and it's um, yeah, you've probably heard it lots before, but I'm going to read it out to us. This is then how you should pray: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So that's the model of prayer that Jesus has given us. Um, and I'm going to talk, talk about prayer today using that model that he's given us. And I want to talk about three things that I think prayer is. Um, following Andy's advice of a good preach, I've got three points. So thank you for that. So yeah, we've got, so my thoughts are prayer is communication for connection, prayer is perspective shifting worship, and prayer is powerful to change things. So prayer is communication for connection. As Christians, if we, if we simplify what being a Christian, what our faith is to the, to the most basic of things, it's a relationship with God. It's, it's knowing God and being known by God. And the foundation of any relationship is communication. I don't know, I've moved around a lot in my life, and I remember when I, I moved to Edinburgh about three years ago, and when I first moved, I knew maybe two or three people in the city, so I was very intentional about thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to get to know people. So I went on friend dates, um, got set up with people that were maybe like-minded, or some of um, people said, you need to get to know this person, and I would go for coffee with them. Um, I don't know what it's you know what it's like for you when you're meeting a new person. Sometimes communication can flow really, really easily. Sometimes not so much. And um, because I had a period of time where I was meeting lots of new people, I used to write a list of different things that we could talk about prior to going. <laughs> and like you know, ask about your family, what they what they like doing, things like that, just to help like stir up communication and conversation if it got tricky. But I always knew, you know, when you meet somebody new, you know it'll get easier because as you get to know somebody more and as you, as you communicate with them more, it actually gets easier because um, yeah, you know what they're thinking and you know what they're, they're, that's going through their mind. And I, I don't know what it's like with you, but even with some of your best friends, your family, sometimes you can even know what they're thinking without them saying a word because you know them really well and you've communicated and you've got to know them. See so how yeah, we pray to God who is great and majestic, but God is our friend, and Jesus is our friend. So actually, communication with God doesn't really need to look diff much different to basically communication with a friend. Communication, we, we get to know somebody's heart, we get to know what they're thinking, we get to know what they're feeling, their passions, their dreams, their visions. So communicating with God is just the same. We can talk to God. We can converse with God. We can, we can tell him what we're thinking and feeling and listen as he shares what he's thinking and feeling. How can you discover a relationship with somebody without communicating? And even Jesus, who was God, when he was on earth, he modeled communication with, with God and talking to God. And if, if Jesus needed to communicate with God, how much more do we need to communicate with him? And when Jesus prayed with his disciples, so he played, prayed in groups, but he also prayed individually. Um, and in the Gospels it says, you know, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to prayer. He would take himself away to these private places to, to communicate with God and to talk to God. So what does that even mean, communicating with God? 
And I want to prove there's no formula. There's not the, the you know, I grew up thinking there was a set formula to, 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 to pray every day. But actually, prayer can look, can look vastly different. My um, career background, I'm now a social worker. Previously, I was a speech and language therapist. And I remember when we graduated, our lecturer told us, you're now communication experts, so off you go. Um, no idea what that's supposed to mean, but there is a few things I learned about communication throughout my degree. And I, one thing I learned was a tiny proportion of actual communication is to do with the words we say. So there's, there's statistics that only 7% of communication is actually related to the words we say. That 55% um, is actually your body language, so your eye contact, your hand gestures, which I do a lot, um, how your body is facing. And actually 38% is to do with your tone of voice, so how things are said. And then again, in, in speech therapy, I would work with people who often have communication difficulties. And there's a fancy word for, for people who have sort of things to help them communicate. It's called alternative and augmentative communication. Like, if you imagine Stephen Hawking, he's got this machine that he can use his eyes um, to pick out letters, and then it will speak for him. You've got sign language, you've got alphabet boards. So, even in the world, and in the natural, communication can look hugely different. It, it doesn't even have to be necessarily the words we say. Communication can even be silent. Communication can be a look. Communication can be written, it can be, it can be speaking. So our communication and our talking with God can look like any of these. Prayer can be silent. Prayer can be just, just an internal like thoughts in our heart. It can be talking. So thinking about this communication with God, that there is no pattern, what should it look like? So I think number one, prayer should, prayer should be really simple. If it is just a conversation with God, and then Jesus tells a story about um, a tax collector and a Pharisee who model, model prayer in the Bible. And he talks about this Pharisee who has quite this elaborate prayer about, um, um, you know, that using fancy words and all those sorts of things. And then there's this tax collector who just says simply, Lord have mercy on me. He comes and it's just a really simple sentence prayer. But actually God says that's the prayer that's pleasing to me because that's the prayer that comes from, comes from the heart. He cares more about your heart than your words you say. And in, in the model of prayer that I read out, you know, it begins with our Father. So we begin prayer with acknowledgement of this relationship with God. God is a Father, that he delights in communication with us. And yes, he's all-knowing God, but he just loves to hear from us. Like little children, and um, I was asking my mum about this, and if she had any specific stories, and she was like, you just did this all the time. But like, I would come and tell her stories about, like, guess what I did today, or I did this thing. And she already knew all of it, because I told her like earlier in the day. <laughs> or um, she'd been there with me while I was experiencing it. But there was joy in me telling her the story again, and she had joy in hearing just what I had to say. Mm. And how much more does God, a father, just delight in hearing what we have to say? He might know it all already, he's been there with you in it all, but he just loves to hear from you, he just loves to communicate with you. He just delights in hearing what's, what you're thinking. So prayer should be really simple, and prayer should be real. 
even reading through the Bible and in the book of Psalms, some, you know, if, if you read through that, some of the Psalms are they're very real. The writer is talking about a time where he's maybe going through trial or struggle, and then he communicates even like being angry with God or saying, you know, God, why have you left me? Why have you rejected me? And I think it, you know, sometimes there can be a fear of like we need to come to God and, and just pray in the good times or just pray with like what we think we should pray. But actually God isn't scared of our emotions. He isn't scared of our anger. He isn't scared of our fear. He just wants to connect with us. He just wants to hear what's on our hearts. And as Christians, we don't want to be known for our disciplines and for what, what we do really well. You know, we pray this time every day. But we want to be known for our passions and be Christians who pray out of a connection with God, out of our relationship with God. And our prayers are real, they're raw, they're honest, but they're authentic. And they're passionate prayers. So prayer is communication for connection, connecting with God, building this relationship with God. And then prayer is perspective-shifting worship. So in the model of prayer, again, it says, you know, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, which means praise your name. And even when, when we say that in church, we often end with, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So this is the context in which our prayers are sandwiched in, is remembering who it is we're praying to. Yes, he's our Father, he's a connector, but he's also God who created the heavens and the earth. God who has all power. And if he has all power, that means the devil has none. Because all does mean all. So he has all power. This is the God we're praying to. So it's like stopping. Before we come and bring all our, 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 our requests and our petitions to God, it's stopping to remember who it is we're praying to. And invite and, and, and kind of come into a, to agreement with what heaven is saying. Like we were talking, and Steve was talking about worship earlier. Worship is really powerful to change our perspective. Because it says in the Bible that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we stop to remember who God is, he comes even closer. He comes and his presence fills, up, fills the place. And it's like we remember how big God is. So we look at him first and, and we look up and we see like the God we're praying to is massive and huge and he has all power and all glory. And then from that position, we then can look at the thing we want to pray for and realize how small it is in comparison. So it gives us perspective when we pray. And it actually means that we can see situations with outrageous optimism because we're seeing them from the perspective of heaven. That's very good. When we stop and worship before we pray, we also get to hear what heaven is saying about the situation. And actually how powerful our prayers if we just join in with what heaven is already saying. So before we even pray for someone who's sick, let's stop and remember who it is we're going to pray to. Because actually God's already releasing, like praying for healing for that person and already working on healing for that person. And so we just get to join in with what heaven is already saying. Yeah, every problem is an opportunity for God to invade. So let's see our see everything we want to pray for from the perspective of who God is. And remembering what he's done for us on the cross. That actually, when we stop and thank God for who he is, and, and remember who he is, we remember what he's done for us. And actually then we're seeing all situations from the other side of that, where there is no power in sickness, there is no power in death. Because we remember what the cross has done. Yeah.
So prayer gets our eyes off the problem. Worship gets our eyes off the problem and gives us perspective. We remember that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And we're not praying from, from we're not praying from, from down on earth, like almost reaching up, trying to, trying to get these things, trying to reach up for our prayers and pleading with God. But when we worship, we get to, we get to come in alongside God and, and like we're praising him and worshiping and then remembering how small our problems are. And suddenly sickness has no power. And we can thank God for what he's done and thankfulness changes our hearts. And actually worship changes us. So yeah, it changes the, pers- the, the problems, but it changes us because it changes our perspective. Bill Johnson, who, who leads a church in, in California, he would say if he had an hour to pray, he would spend 55 minutes of it in worship and five minutes praying. He spent 55 minutes connecting with God, remembering who God is, praising his name. And then those five minutes of prayer are incredibly powerful because you're just agreeing with what heaven is saying, what God is saying over situations. And even um, in this church in California, Bethel Church, they have, on a Saturday morning, they have something called a healing rooms where they, they invite people in who are sick and they pray for them in small, in small groups so they can go and get prayer. And then... Um, before people even go into the room to be prayed for, they, they, there's a sort of bigger room, which they call the encounter room. And in this room, there's, there's worship going on. So there's, there's worship music from the stage, there's dancers, like prophetic dance, and there's art um, being drawn. And actually, it's, it's that place of worship that sets the tone from when which people can go and get prayed for, heal, get prayed for healing. So they come in and remember, like, this is God who I'm worshipping. This is the God who I'm going to pray to. This is the God who I do pray to. How big is he? Connecting with God. It's changing our perspective from down here to up here. This is the God that, that we're praying to, who has all power. Second. And then when we pray, it's like our, our, our words have, have so much power because actually um, we might be speaking, but like God is shouting behind us. So like the thing we're praying for is actually going to run away in fear because of God who is over us, who is shouting over us, who is, um, even in the Bible, it uses imagery of, of Jesus as a lion, or God as a lion in Judah, and it's like he's roaring over us. So actually the thing we're praying for suddenly doesn't have any power because we've connected with God in whom we pray to. So prayer is perspective shifting worship. And then prayer is powerful to change things. In the Alpha video this week, I was quite struck, there's a the uh, quote from the Archbishop of Canterbury, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, he says, when I pray, coincidences happen, and when I don't, they don't. <laughs> and almost like, what more, what more evidence do we need? Like, if things are going to happen when we pray, then why are we not praying? Bill Johnson again says, it's a crime for us to pray and think nothing will happen. So when we pray, things change. When we pray, things happen. And um, I think, you know, in, in the natural world, in the world, as children get older, they become more and more independent. And um, even part of my job is to assess, like, child development, how's a child developing, and we assess independent living skills, and um, how much can someone manage without their parent around. But I think in the kingdom of God, it's almost backwards to that. And as we grow older and as we mature in, in, our, in our faith and our belief 
in God, we become more and more dependent on him as we trust him in every situation, as we pray to him in every situation. And in the Bible it says, don't worry about anything, but both prayer and thanksgiving make your requests known to God. And I think worry and anxiety, you know, is something that is very real. But I think worry is it's almost like having faith in the wrong kingdom. It's worrying about something is, is me thinking that worrying is going to change it. Worrying is going to make a difference. But actually when we, when we pray, we're, we're invited to almost like take off the burden that we're carrying, take off this worry and just hand it to God and invite God's kingdom to come in and, and take that situation. And I, you know, I'm saying that from a place of knowing that this is very real. And um, even a situation that I'm in currently, a few weeks ago um, at work, I, I got accused of something by, by somebody I work with that I, that I hadn't done, and there was like a big, a big story to it. But because of the nature of my job, it has to be investigated fully. And I um, immediately felt anxious. You know, like I felt unjustified, I felt worried. And I had several days where I couldn't really sleep and I couldn't really eat. But it was, it was like my situation was an invitation for God to come in and do something. It was an invitation for me to upgrade in how I'm thinking. And remember that I'm not praying from down here, but I'm praying from up here, remembering who God is. And so actually, um, over the last few weeks, it's, it's been a continual thing for me of remembering who God is, who I'm praying for, and taking this worry, taking this anxiety off myself and handing it to God and saying, God, I trust you. I can't do anything to change this situation, but God, I invite you to come in and invite you to come and change things. And uh, you were talking earlier about this has been a week of answered prayers, and actually on Friday, I heard, um, I mean, this situation is still ongoing, but I've, I've heard at least that, the, that they, they can't, um, there's not evidence to, to prove the thing that I've been accused of, and so actually it's not gonna go the way that they thought it might. Um, and so that is getting resolved, and it is sort of, um, yeah, God is breaking through in that. But I'm almost like, I was aware in that situation that it was an opportunity for me to learn to trust in God anymore, to really, to, to mean what I say, and yeah, it's easy to say, pray about everything and don't be anxious, but in the real, like, you can say that, but to do that is, is harder, but it's, it's a constant thing, and for me it's been a daily thing of worship and remembering who, it, who the God is who, who I'm praying to. So when we pray, something happens. And I almost like, I'm quite a quite pictorial thinker, visual thinker, and the way I think about it is, when we pray, it's like something physically comes out of our mind. And actually that's got to go somewhere. And it might be that it's a seed that plants in the ground, and we might not see the, the, the answer to that for a while as it grows. Our prayers can also be fiery arrows that actually go into the heart of something and change things immediately. So in, in the model of prayer that Jesus gave us, we're, we're um, invited to pray for others. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're inviting heaven to come. We're inviting the things of God and, and who God is and what heaven's like to come on this earth. We're, almost, we're inviting the king's domain to extend. And I presume most people have seen The Lion King. Um, and there's this, there's this bit in The Lion King where 
Simba is with his dad, Mufasa, and they, they go up onto a rock and he's showing him the, the land that belongs to them. And he says, everywhere the light touches belongs to us. And actually, I like to think of the world like that. Like everywhere the light touches belongs to God. And where there is darkness currently, we can pray and say, God, can, can your kingdom come? Your kingdom come. And extend the light of who God is on this world, in this world. So praying for someone. When we say we pray for someone, it's almost like we're, we're, we're taking what's up in heaven and we're, we're handing that to them. We're saying, God, come in and invade. Put your light on them. We're, and in the kingdom of God, there is peace. There is joy. There is... There is um, light and love and it's we're inviting back to come in to the situations when we pray for people we're even called to pray for our enemies and I think you know even someone who's a bit annoying or things like that when we pray for people it changes us as well because it changes our heart because we suddenly see them how God sees them and actually we can we can release good things and pray for good things over them and we can join in with what heaven's already saying because we've worshipped, we've heard what heaven's saying. So almost our prayers can become like prophetic declarations as we just repeat over them, over the people, what God is already saying over them. That's great. And we can pray for ourselves. Give us today our daily bread. From the, from the perspective that God provides for all our needs. So as we mature, we become more and more dependent on him to provide for all our needs. We pray for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our, those who uh, sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation. We're remembering the cross, that our prayers are all from the, the other side of the cross, where there is no power in death, there is no power in sickness. Remembering the victory of who God is. So prayer is an act of faith, because we're trusting that I, I can't do anything to change situations. I'm not that powerful. Actually, worry is me thinking I'm going to do something to change things. I mean, who do I can, I can do that. But it's prayer is remembering who God is and how he can change things. So I think in our prayers, we should be praying for, for three different things. We should be praying for things that are possible without prayer. So, you know, we should, we, let's be praying for parking spaces. Let's be praying that, you know, that um, we would, we'd have a good time at a party. Because actually then we get joy in answered prayer. It comes back to that connection with God. That God cares about those little things. He cares about the things that might even not seem important. Um, but actually if they're important to you, they're important to God. So let's be praying for things that could even be possible without prayer. Because then we get the delight of thanking God that he's joined with us and been with us in that moment. And it's almost like, you know, and the Bible tells us to, to pray continuously. And when we're praying for all these things, and when we're worshipping, and it says in the Bible we have the mind of Christ, it's like our mind is renewed, so our thoughts become connected with God's thoughts. And what we're thinking is we're thinking God's thoughts. So when I drive into that car park, and I'm like, God, give me a parking space, and then there's one there, then I can thank God and praise God for who he is, for providing for me in those small things. So praying for things that are possible as we connect with God. And then praying for things that, that might be possible without prayer, but they might not. Like I pray um, before I go into home visits. 
So I'm often going to see families at quite a challenging time. They often can be quite angry or upset or you know, have gone through a lot of trauma themselves. And so what I represent as a social worker can be quite, quite tricky. So before I go into home visits, I'll pray, like, God, help my communication to be really clear. Help your, I pray your peace would come, that there wouldn't be any um, fear, that there wouldn't be anxiety for me or for the person I'm with. Do I know that my prayers have made a difference? I guess technically, I don't have any guarantee, but I believe that they did. Because I believe that the prayers changed, when I spoke out, prayers changed the environment. And actually, my prayers changed me. Because then I walk into that home visit, really hopeful, with that outrageous optimism, because I'm remembering who I'm going into this home visit with, and who, who is behind me, and who's backing me in everything I do. And I get to celebrate again the joy of answered prayer. And then let's be praying for things that are entirely not possible without prayer. Be people who pray bold, bold prayers. You know, you could, I could share several testimonies of, of like crazy things God has done. And you know, even Heidi and Roland Baker, who are, are missionaries in Irish, they would, would share stories of food multiplying. You know, they had enough food for the two of them and their two children, and then they managed to feed 80 people. <laughs> Um, and you know, even even praying for healing, that's completely not possible. You know, supernatural healing is completely not possible without prayer, without without God coming in and doing something. And when I was um, back in, I'm, I guess I'm not from Glasgow, but I lived in Glasgow for quite a while. I don't know where I'm from anymore. I'm confused. But I was back in my in a church that I had been in for quite a while and was. Um, ended up praying for some people that day and a woman came up to me for prayer who had, she had been a teacher, she'd been off work for a year because she'd lost her voice and she'd actually been attending speech therapy for about a year and her voice was really like um, hoarse and really, like it was almost a whisper and it's her vocal, I'm going to get technical, her vocal cords were really strained and so, so the, it was tricky for sound to come out. And I remember thinking, like, well, in the I know in the natural that because of my background in speech therapy, I know that, that this can't change overnight. But actually, stopping to remember who it is I'm praying to, and a God who makes all things possible, who can change things in an instant. So it was from that perspective that then I got to pray. And actually, I got to join in with heaven with what he was saying over this person, over this woman. And I felt like, I was to pray, but I was also to declare what over her, what, what I felt like God was saying over her. And I felt like he was saying, you know, your voice is really important. What you have to say is really important. That you are, you are, you are born to teach, and you are born to influence the next generation. And then I got her to also join with me in making these declarations and, and praying from that position of who God is. Not praying from down here and like, almost pleading with God, but remembering actually God already wants to do this. I don't need to convince God to come and heal somebody because he already wants to. So I got to join with him in declaring over her and she declared over herself. And actually, even in the process of us praying, her voice got stronger. And then she went away that day feeling feeling light and, um, her, and being able to, you know, tension in her throat had gone. And I got a report that a few days later, 
her voice was back completely, and she was back teaching within a week. Wow. So that is the God who we serve. That is the God who we pray to, a God who can do these things. Um, and I'm going to share one more story that's, that's not mine, but it's really, really cool. Um, it's a guy called Joaquin Evans, and he goes on trips to, to this certain place in America, I can't even remember where it is every year, and um, Nebraska, thank you, Ben. Um, and I'm just going to read, read out a testimony from that time. So, as part of the trip this year, the team went to a hospital, but could not find a lot of people to pray with. They wanted to pray for family members and people like that, as they can't often just go into the rooms to pray with patients. But since they didn't find anyone right away, they prayer walked all seven floors of the hospital. They did get to pray for a few people. One was a young boy with severe lung condition that was not improving. Within 24 hours, he was taken off oxygen and sent home. His mother emailed two of the team members to give them this testimony. Then a Christian nurse from that hospital phoned Joaquin to give him this testimony. Another nurse went to fill in charts of patients who'd been sent home, and she determined that over half of the patients had been dismissed from the hospital on Tuesday night, and everyone was talking about it. The next day, the hospital sent over half of the staff home because of lack of work for them. Thursday, the nurse who called Joaquin was told she could stay home or come in for an hour if she wanted because there was no need to come in. On Friday, there were so, people, so few people in the hospital that they shut down two floors. Even nurses that were not believers said that it was miraculous that over half of the patients got well and were sent home in one night. In the cardiac unit, there would normally be five to seven cases per day, but from Saturday to Tuesday, there were none. And then it says, at church when we heard this testimony, we rejoiced and prayed God would provide work for those who'd lost hours. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a story. Like, they went in to pray in this hospital and they found, like, one or two people they could pray with. And, you know, they might have come out of that feeling discouraged. You know, we went in with, with, with high expectations and we only got to pray for a couple of people. But, I mean, one of the people they got prayed for got, got healed their, um, of their lung condition. But actually they prayed, and it's like they walked the floors, and as they prayed, they left, they left something. It's like when they were speaking out, they left what they were speaking out their prayers in, in the whole of this hospital. To the extent that then, then that, that blossomed, and, and people got sent home. That there was, the miracles continued. And not only did people get sent home unwell, um, because they were well, but people didn't even get admitted to the hospital. It said they normally would have five to seven cases admitted every, every day or week, but in that time they had none. So actually their prayers didn't just impact the hospital, they impacted the whole community. So let's be people who pray those extravagant prayers, let's, those bold, bold prayers. Believing that prayer does change things and prayer makes a difference. So being a people known by our passions, not by our religions. That prayer is communication with God, connection with God, communication with a father, relationship with a friend. And that prayer is perspective shifting worship. Praying from the perspective, remembering who God is and what he's done, and that heaven, and what heaven is saying over people, what God is saying over people. And prayer is powerful to change things. Let's be people fully dependent on him. 
willing to pray those bold, bold prayers as we speak out and invite the light of God and the kingdom of God to come on this earth. Yeah. So yeah, why don't we pray now? Can, maybe can we all stand up? I feel like it's, yeah, let's just...